This is Radio Free Galaxy. It's time to go. This is the Space Age, and we are here to go. Welcome to Radio Free Galaxy. I'm Travis Lee. And I'm Trisha Peterson. And this is the second take of episode 109 (laughs) of Radio Free Galaxy. Uh, To be completely transparent, we already recorded this intro previously a couple hours ago. And uh, sorry, Trisha, it was all my fault. I know, especially considering I'm like, like my voice is like so shot right now. And I'm like, oh my God, I got to talk some more. I'm like, I just want to. Motherfucker, Matt. you need 15 more minutes. Get of my it together. Time. <laughs> Get it together. Uh, I'm sorry. I, I My mic wasn't plugged in properly, and my laptop mic was picking up the sound, and it sucks. So we got to do this all again. Uh, anyway, this is episode 109. Like I said, we are going to have It Is Dead back on the show. Crip Sludge Band from Milwaukee, Wisconsin. You can find their music on Bandcamp. And you can follow them on social media, on Facebook and Instagram and everywhere else. And they have a new album coming out on August 19th. Correct, Trisha? Yep. August 19th. They've got 19th. an album. Uh, the album is Hell Is Now. And then they will be uh, having their record release show at X-Ray Arcade. I guess it's all ages from what I just heard. Yeah. Um, all ages at X-Ray Arcade with Dead is Dead, Ruined Dweller, and Hex Tripper. Hex Tripper, who I'm playing with actually this Saturday. So this is here. I'm going to segue. Look how awesome this segue is. Wow. I'm playing with... <laughs> We'll, we'll, my band Murder Generation will be playing with Hex Trepper for the MKE Overdose Prevention. Uh, and uh, we'll be raising money for that. That, too, is an all-ages show. It's going to be my band, Hex, Hex Tripper, Ball Stomper. And then I'm insane, so we'll be doing double duty that night. Uh, we're going to be playing in West Allis at a place called Shotskis on 61st and Beloit. They're just uh, starting to do shows. Um, so that will be at 9 p.m. The other show is at Doors are at 2, shows at 3, um, then 9 p.m. in West Dallas at Shotsky's on 61st and Beloit. And then after that, I get a week off, which I kind of want to go camping. But then we're going to go to <laughs> July 29th, um, and we're going to be playing. We're going to be kicking off the Generation Y <coughs> tour. Um, this is their tour kickoff show, Eradicate the State. It's with Generation Y. It's with Never Wanted, um, Supermess. And also Mind Harvester, which used to be called Scathed out of Milwaukee, Wisconsin. I, I really like that band, too. So I, I think I want to get them on the show one of these days. But 
But anyways, we should go camping the weekend of July 22nd. Yeah, I, I think I might have actually an opportunity already sitting and waiting for us. I believe it is that weekend. If it's not that weekend, it's the weekend after. So, oh, I can't But I, I know after. someone that has a spot already reserved. And um, yeah, so we could possibly do that. We'll see. So yeah, oh, you've got also a lot of- also uh, yes. August sixth, Free Punk Fest in Harvard, Illinois. There's like 20 bands playing. Um, M five four five will be there. Peach Vomit is putting it all together. Um, and there's so many bands that I can't name it, but that's like an all day event. It's the last Punk Fest that they'll be having or whatever. When we did the original intro, I did actually include that earlier but like now i'm all flustered <laughs> and and i'm just thinking about camping right now i'm like, no, I'm just getting... thinking about camping just getting away from the city i know with everything that's been going on politically and socially and just all the shows i'm sure you've been playing just getting out into the woods for a couple of days sounds really nice i mean there's a part of me like and i don't know if i should feel like this is unsafe but there's a part of me that just like wants to go rent like a cabin by myself and just go by myself like just absolutely be by myself and i'm like but is that a bad idea or a good idea is that dangerous or not because now i'm like thinking well that might not be the best idea i should at least have somebody else there and i'm like i hate having to think like as nice as it sounds but then there's part of me that's like uh, i've watched too many serial killer documentaries (laughs) To be this person. Too many horror movies to be this person. Yeah. <laughs> I, w- I want someone to at least be there when I go to the outhouse at night or I have to go to the bathroom in the woods. I want to be able to be able to at least call to someone like, hey, <laughs> I'm still alive over here. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I've seen too many horror movies. Okay. <laughs> I know they're not real, but this is really spooky. Uh, yeah. So For sure. Yeah. Um, yeah, so, so oh, what did you, you found, uh, you went to, that, <laughs> we're going to do the story again. <laughs> we're going to do the story. I'm, I had to tell my shit again. You're going to tell your graveyard record story again. <laughs> oh shit. All right. So I'll, I'll try to condense <laughs> it as much as I can. Cause I already told this story, even though that nobody's heard it. Nobody so, knows that you told the story. Yeah, I have no. to hear it again though. Okay. How can I condense it? Okay. So there's this guy that owned this awesome record store and To say that it was a record store is really a loose interpretation, but it was called Graveyard Records in Milwaukee. And it was it was like a staple of the local like video uh, music lover and horror movie lover like scene in Milwaukee. It had been in Bayview uh, and then it moved to Cudahy. And then unfortunately, the owner, Dave, passed away uh, a handful of years ago and he had these huge collections of uh, toys and especially like huge kiss collections. He was a huge kiss fan. So he had like all the kiss, like action figures and toys and memorabilia from their shows. Cause he went to a ton of their shows and um, he had a lot of stuff signed and stuff. And he was into horror movies. So he had like signed Chucky dolls and like just all, all kinds of crazy stuff like that. And uh, that's what he would sell in his store. Anyway, when he passed away, the family was left with these huge collections that he had. They had stuff packed away in their house, in their garage, in in the store still, and in storage units. So his wife ended up running basically Graveyard Records for a couple more years, like 
I think it was a couple more years with, you know, not opening every day, but just special events and having people come in and just buy stuff. And she wasn't buying any new inventory, just selling everything off. Um, but anyway, they ended up even, um, you know, getting rid of the store eventually. That was about a year ago, I think, was the last sale there. And just this last weekend, they had a garage sale because they were trying to clear out the remnants of one last storage unit of Dave's stuff that they had left. So they still had a lot of horror movie toys, a lot of sign things, uh, a lot of memorabilia still that they wanted to get rid of and, and finally give up that storage unit. So they had a ramen sale. I went, I got there like 8 o'clock Saturday morning. And one of the things Dave used to do when he first started out was bootlegging VHS tapes of concerts. So he would go, especially to a lot of concerts in Milwaukee, he would videotape them and make these really well-made, well-shot um, bootlegs of the concerts on VHS. And he did like nice covers for them and everything. They're really well-designed and uh, really collectible if you're in the VHS community, especially now. And um, there weren't a lot of copies of these made some of them he just used as like trading bait with other collectors and other bootleggers he didn't even sell some of the copies of them or if like a copy was made maybe only like two copies of that particular concert were made and sold directly in the store or something so um but i found a bunch of those that his wife still had about 115 of them they're basically like the last ones left in existence and there's a ton of cool bands on there uh, mostly from the 90s, but um, like Slayer, Misfits, uh, Sex Pistols, uh, Metallica. Phantasm. Uh, fan Most yeah, Phantasm. Phantasm. And that's the one that everybody around here, was, like when you posted it, it was like there was a lot of people that were like, Phantasm? Yeah. Yeah, yeah that's huge. Finding three, I, I shouldn't even really be talking about it because like hardcore phantasm fans if they hear this are just gonna bother me about it like they've already done like everybody wants a burn of it everybody like wants me to post it on youtube like i'm still deciding what to do with it because it's like a responsibility i don't know i haven't done my research yet but for some of these it might be the only copy of some of these concerts out there and i have the power to digitize these tapes what do i do do i just sell them off for you know, hundreds of dollars. Do I keep them in my personal collection as many as I can keep, or do I digitize some of them and put them out there on YouTube? You know, what do you do? <laughs> so it's a cool problem to have though. Um, so that was really fun. Also, uh, referring to YouTube, I wanted to get out the fact that I did start putting up full episodes of cartoons. I'm going to be doing it every week, Saturday morning at 9 a.m., I'm going to be putting out sometimes a weird episode that I find on VHS tapes. I'm going to be digitizing the whole episode. Hopefully, I'm going to be putting up a lot of them with their original commercials. So if something aired in 1984, it's going to air It's going to air on YouTube when I release it with the exact same commercials, the same serial commercials, the same action figure commercials, all that cool nostalgic shit. So you can really feel like you're back in 1984 eating a bowl of cereal in front of your tube tv and watching cartoons so i've started doing that i'm going to do it every week saturday morning 9 a.m the radio free galaxy youtube channel check it out and the one i released yesterday is really cool it's a very rough cut very rough cut it's got like the time codes on the top it doesn't have a lot of the 
uh, voices and sound effects and music mixed in, but it's a rough cut of the Powder Toast Man episode of Ren and Stimpy, which <laughs> is awesome. So go check that out right now on the Radio Free Galaxy YouTube channel. And, you, and if you come in for the premiere of the videos, you can join us in the chat. That's cool. So. Awesome. Did, did we did we did we hit it all, Trisha? Did we do it? Did we do it all like we did before? I don't know. I guess we'll never know. The last segment, <laughs> the last segment was twelve minutes and fifty seconds. This one's at eleven oh nine. So either we were more efficient or we left out some details. I think I think we were more we're more efficient. So. Definitely. Okay. All right. Good. Way we to go. did our job. Good job, let's, buddy. <laughs> good job. We did it. All right. Let's get to it. Is dead. They're going to be joining us right after the break. Stay tuned. These guys are great. This episode of Radio Free Galaxy is brought to you by Mr. T's Knuckle Shoes. They're the only brass knuckle shoes on the market for when pitying a fool ain't quite enough. Mr. T's Knuckle Shoes. Get some. All right, welcome back to the show. Trisha and Travis here, and we have returning guests. Uh, we have two-thirds of the band. Uh, Sean couldn't join us this week. He's got some family issues he's dealing with. But we have Kevin and Jesse on from It Is Dead. Welcome to the show, guys. Hey, hey thanks, thanks for, for having us. And just so everyone, if you haven't heard uh, our last episode where we had you guys on, just to be clear, uh, It Is Dead is a Crip Sludge band. You guys describe, your, describe yourself as, correct? Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. From Milwaukee, it makes sense. Was... It actually makes sense. Like, not ever hearing the term "crip sludge" and then hearing your music, and you're like, "Yeah, I mean, yeah, I guess." <laughs> Hell yeah! <laughs> it, it sounds very much like that. So I don't really feel like that much. It's exactly what you think it's going to be when you hear the word "crip sludge." <laughs> it very much is, and I love it. But uh, and I love you guys a lot. But we're uh, they're from Milwaukee, Wisconsin. And they have a new album that is forthcoming. They just finished it, and it's going to be released August 20th. Correct, guys? August 19th. August 19th. Oh, yeah. So it's August 19th, and then you have a subsequent show, like your release, your record release party show is um, August, 20th. August 20th at X-Ray Arcade. And I believe you're playing with Ruin Dweller and Hextripper. Yeah, Ruin Dweller, Hex Tripper, and Dead is Dead. I love all of those bands, and I have a show that day that I'm going to try to bail on early. Shh! Because <laughs> 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 I'm like, I'd rather be at your show than my show, but I, I shouldn't say that. What I'm saying is, so whatever. It's out there. Right. Screw you guys. <laughs> but um, we got the opportunity to listen to uh, two of the tracks, and I believe one of them is going to be premiered this week. Um, is that, uh, Hell is Now, I believe, is going to be premiered this week? Is that the one? Yeah, yeah. So I believe, I mean, this is earlier in the week, so if, I, if I'm if i doing everything right, like, talking in the future about the past. So this will, <laughs> Hell is Now premiered yesterday on, um, <laughs> on uh, yeah, a really cool outlet um, called the Anti-Fascist Black Metal Network. Oh, cool. Nice. I love that that exists. <laughs> yeah, yeah. They're actually really cool, too. Uh, <clears throat> they have, like, a bunch of their own merch, and then they also put together mixtapes a lot with um, artists that they 
upload and uh, all of the proceeds to that goes to like uh, legal funds for freedom fighters around the world. Nice. Oh my god, that's awesome. That's yeah, awesome. Yeah, like check them out on legit. YouTube. Yeah, yeah, check I will for to sure. I will for sure because we talked about this last time because like, you know, like growing up like listening to black metal or death metal, like there's a lot of times where like all of a sudden things got like real questionable and you're like, wait, like you know what their views are in life, but is that what they're singing about? Should I even be listening to this cuz like I don't want to really support that and like you know, that sort of thing. But if you're just, like, straight up, like, we're an anti-fascist, like, black metal network, it's like, oh, any band that's on this thing, like, I have no issue with because I'm not going to hear some, you know, crazy right-wing fascist bullshit. Right. Yeah, yeah. And there's there they've got, like, <clears throat> some other stuff on there, too. They've got, like... Uh, some doom and uh some death metal and some other some other stuff too it's it's a it's a pretty cool little uh little youtube channel it's a pretty big youtube nice. channel actually much bigger mm -hmm. than i than i than i originally thought it was cool right uh, on so what is the name of the album i don't think we've even mentioned that yeah the, that is actually the title track of the album um okay. hell is now so it is hell is now okay yep yep so Travis and I got to hear the song that was just debuted, which is Hell Is Now. And then um, you also sent us a track that we got a special listen to um, that um, everybody will get to hear when the album comes out. But I appreciate the uh, the preview. Uh, what is the name of this song? Fields, Fields of, of Buried Oppression. And it is an absolute banger. I t like, I don't, <laughs> I, I, I loathe that word. I loathe that word, like, banger. I, it's yeah. just, like, too new for me. And, like, I'm just, like, you know. But I like, say it all the time. You was, do it say was, it all the time. It was, it was inevitable that this was going to wear. wear <laughs> I say it all the time. <laughs> yeah, but yeah, it I totally is. around like nothing. Oh, thank you so much. Yeah. Thanks. But yeah, so Travis was really into that one, but I am like, I'm really digging Hell Is Now, but we have different reasons. Like I think, um, and I think Travis's point mostly on the field of a period depression was, uh, it feel it's more melodic. Is that what you said when we were talking? No, about? that's how I was talking about. Uh, oh, Hell Is Now? Yeah, Hell Is Now, okay. right? Am I <laughs> sorry? No you, I, said, no, you said you like the fields of you like the fields of buried depression. Yes, it was, I, it was a little more of a jam. Yeah. Oh yeah, yeah. fields is definitely uh, yeah <clears throat> a jam. I think we all uh, really. <laughs> I, I I think the three of us all feel that that one is like one of our pretty heavy jams on the album. Yeah, it's it's I, it's a good one. Yeah. I feel like that one kind of like actually um um gives the definition of crip sludge its definition that's nice. the one yeah. that's the one um but hell is now i'll say this uh sean's vocals gave me chills on that i was like holy shit dude i got like goosebumps and i was like i haven't had <laughs> an experience like that in forever <laughs> yeah. oh that's really so, cool to hear yeah so he like absolutely like he just killed it on the vocals and you know everything about what we've heard so far i mean i'm so excited for this album to come out but and i've seen you live like twice now and i also yeah. saw you as like your your solo thing but i've seen you twice now and like you know you got some you have just like fantastic guitar riffs and it's just like this perfect blend of the you know the black metal and um these like doomy heavy drums at points and like there's just you know it's like sometimes when you hear black metal it's just like all that like super fast like 
drumming nonstop and like you know the the super fast guitar picking and that thing and it, like that can get a little. Sometimes the variety the variety is nice, you know. <laughs> yeah. The variety is a little nice. It's kind of like the reason I always liked dissection was because they were a little different. They were like melodic yeah. black metal. You know, it wasn't like everything didn't sound the same. So, but I just, I think the production quality is great. Did you do that at um, Howell, Howell Street then? Yeah, we did it uh, with, Shane with Shane at Howell, Howell Street Studios. Yeah. Yeah, um, and then we had, uh, we had uh, Dennis Pleckham um, from Comatose Studios in Chicago master it. He's also um, one of the members of Bong Ripper as well, so... It's pretty cool to have have someone like that work on our album, as well as Shane, you know, who has an extremely accomplished musician in his own right. Right. So, is there um, label support on this album? <clears throat> um, yeah, yeah. So we are on the same place that uh, put out the solo EP that's, that the this project was originally, um, Ors Apothecary uh, out of Indianapolis. Yeah, they're uh, they're putting it out again. Excellent. Excellent. It sounds great. I can't wait. Um, I absolutely can't wait to hear the rest of it. Um, Have you guys heard the other single that we put out already, Womb? Oh, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, we heard that before. Yeah, that's a jam, too. I like like it a lot. Um, I like that that song existed before the state of the world (laughs) as it is. (laughs) Right. Yeah. You know? It was like, what a weird little... Like, it's kind of like, we got a song called A New Plague that we wrote in December of 2019. And I always feel like I got to tell everybody that, like, we're really sorry that we wrote this song and then (laughs) COVID happened. (laughs) And I kind of feel like you guys wrote that song, Boom, and you're like, you you saw it coming, man. Or I mean, it's always been an issue, but it's just, you know. Yeah. Yeah. Can you guys talk a little bit about some of your inspiration for some of the other songs, Uh, especially, you know, the two we've heard? Uh, Fields of Buried Depression and Hell is Now, but uh, any other songs you guys want to talk about? Yeah, you want to go ahead and go first, Jesse? Um, well, for me, uh, I, I really like, like playing-wise, I like Fields a lot. Mm-hmm. Right. Um, it's just just the fact that it's a constant double kick through through the whole song is yeah. pretty fun. Um, <laughs> I Womb is also really fun for me because I never really have played blast beats and yeah. and that's pretty much what I do through the whole song uh, I the, the other one I really like to play is um, Violent Winter uh, those three songs are pretty is that about living in Wisconsin <laughs> <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah right. um, but I mean yeah that's pretty much like the ones I like on the album uh, overall playing playing wise right yeah what about you kevin uh uh, oh man from i like playing all of them on the album i think my favorite answers i mean they're 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 all a lot of fun to play i mean i think obviously like with anything uh that like the songs that we wrote first are my least favorite to play now Um, (laughs) even though we may like play them the best consistently because we've been playing them you know for a lot longer but like you know the newer stuff's always more interesting to me i mean fields is always fields is so we have you know we have some new stuff too that is just absolute jams like i can't believe 
<laughs> these songs we oh, like I you want to record it I now you're like i want to record it now about that <laughs> yeah i mean i'm, just, I'm not I, you know whatever i'll bring it up um but you uh, can it's not like anybody's gonna hear it we're pretty like i mean <clears throat> i do a lot of promo and stuff like that and there's lots of like clips floating around but we're pretty um close with like letting people hear stuff before it's released i mean there's you know only a handful of people out there period who have heard uh like field so far you know like <clears throat> so it's well, like we're pretty you. selective about that stuff we wanted to you know to, to everybody to hear everything you know for the most part all at once besides like being able to do promo and stuff but yeah so feels though even even the new stuff which is like faster and um more influenced i would say i mean there's still some like super melodic black metal stuff but like i don't know it's i feel like i don't know i i don't know how you would describe some of the new stuff jesse i think it's more like a little bit more like 90s death metal and there's definitely a, a 90s um early 90s death metal feel to it uh i think the entombed uh, Wolverine Blues album um, yeah. gets thrown around a lot. Um, it wasn't planned that, that way. <laughs> it was it wasn't planned that way. But I mean, it, it soon as soon as we put that song together, and we all heard it the way it sounded when we when it was over, it was like I know yeah. what this sounds like. <laughs> yeah, I think I think Sean actually pointed that out. That was like, oh, that sounds kind of like something off Wolverine Blues from Entombed. Yeah. Well, I, another funny thing about that too is like we started out to write material that was completely different than <laughs> than what we're writing, but like mm -hmm. we're just going with the flow. Um, but anyways, yeah, the point is like playing wise, Fields is one of my favorite ones to play. It's also out of everything we have, easily the hardest song for me to play because it's almost entirely trim picking the entire time. Um, and it's like trem picking. I mean, half of the song is me just trem picking full chords, uh -oh. which like just doing it consistently with yeah. like how much it is in the song. Like, right. oh my gosh, like every little break I get in that song, I have yeah. to like cherish, you know, <laughs> <laughs> but, but it's so much fun to play, especially like, you know, that breakdown right there um, towards the end is just, yeah. it's one of my favorite parts of any set that we play that has it. Yeah, it's very cool. Um, as far as the actual lyric writing goes, is it all Sean, or do you guys get into it together? Um, oh, for, it's it's pretty much all Sean. Like, mm -hmm. uh, it, he, I mean, it, it's kind of like that for everything too. But like, if he's like, man, this, so this is kind of what I have, or this or that, and like, we'll like bounce some ideas around of maybe some like different phrases or phrasing or stuff right. like that. But for the most part, I mean, <clears throat> he's extremely creative especially in that aspect i mean he's got i mean i'm sure he's got more lyrics than we do for songs right. but that's how it is with all of us too like i mean so far at least um for the most part like i've written guitar parts and then like sent them to the group and uh if we all like it then we'll be like yeah let's jam it but like i we, we really don't do too much of like composing each other's parts for us like here and there a little bit but like not not too much it's all kind of up to us yeah well and i would think too um like just knowing like uh sean is a very passionate person about the 
the things that he believes in and whatnot. So I would think that he, I mean, not that you guys aren't, but he he oh, yeah. would have, you know, that's his role and he, that's what he would want to talk about, sing about, mm. you know, whatever. So. Right. Absolutely. Well, it's, it's mm-hmm. so cool that you guys have actually found, you know, like it's hard to find a band and I'm sure you agree, Tricia, of like <laughs> like-minded individuals as far as even like especially your, nowadays especially nowadays <laughs> and especially in the genres of music that you guys play i yeah. mean you know we're talking we're talking about a genre of two genres of music that have been plagued by racism and fascist thought like for since the beginning really so i, I mean and it still really exists and like yeah, you know does. like more so like in like the like the the bro metal scene of course yeah. you know yeah it's like you know it's like oh god for sure. forbid you're a woman god forbid you're a woman like you know right. you, you can't that you can't even work that out half the time and then like i, I mean yeah like <laughs> it's it's still it's still like excessive and rampant and it's just like god i'm like people just need to stop that's why that. it's so lucky when you can find, you know, at least two other like-minded individuals. To start <laughs> yeah, like, all you need are two. You just <laughs> right. need two other people. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Did you, okay, so it sounds it sounds like there's bass on the recording. So did you actually, there's bass on the recording, right? Because you don't usually have that. No. No, there's no, no bass on the recording. Are so, you serious? Yeah, oh, it there's no really... bass on the recording. So, like, the difference is just, like, from hearing it live as to like hearing my cabinets mic because like yeah. i play a baritone and i've got like a super thick set of strings on there like my my what you know the tuning i use so my low string is actually like as thick as like your standard bass's high string you right. know so there's a ton of low end in my uh <clears throat> in my guitar already it's just you know when you play live and it's not mic'd, you know. There's there's lots of extra noise, and you know, it's just everything's not so clear. So a lot of that. But gets you still, lost. It, it still, it sounds, it does actually. Um, when I saw you live, it to me, it didn't feel like it was missing. Um, Lauren, it's still like because it still sounds like your your tone and the, your setup still sounds heavy as fuck, even without being like mic'd or whatever. Actually, that's also the other reason why I'm like, oh man, they're gonna play at X-ray, and then like you'll have all your you know, like sound dialed in is probably going to sound super amazing. And I don't want to leave me like talking to myself, like why, I should, uh, why I should pay uh, But no, that is a really good question. Cause like I'm, I'm a super nerd about music. So I love talking about like songwriting. Yeah. Um, but like, I also try to write a lot of our songs, keeping in mind that like, um, we don't have a bass. So like, I kind of try to like, jump back and forth between like chords and notes that work that like you know part would be like a bass line and the other part would be like the guitar part like fields when um during that like really heavy part and i'm doing the high tram picking and then i jump to those two low notes you know and then back up to the high tram picking it's like i try to like consciously write some bass parts in with what i'm playing with the guitar um you know well you can de- you can definitely like feel it. like i'm actually really surprised that there's not like a bass on that record because it feels like it feels like there is and that's why i was wondering i was like well did you just do it for the record or um, but so there's... many people tell me oh you got to record a bass track you got it's going to sound way no. too thin without a bass track and i was like Absolutely we, we don't need a bass track because i mean and jesse's drums are also huge on the album yeah. oh yeah 
Yeah. Oh yeah. yeah, yeah. You fill out, you fill up a lot of like it fills up a lot of that low end. The way his um, his drums are um, tuned and all that kind of stuff. Yeah. Um, yeah. And they weren't I, even the they weren't even like um, I use like a, you know, like a bigger size kit, and they were actually a smaller size kit. Yeah. And it yeah, still yeah, sounded you didn't very even boomy. Use your actual kit. That's right. I forgot. Are you guys eventually looking for a bass player if you found the right person, or are you just happy as a trio? I'm happy as a trio. Yeah, I'm happy as a trio. Trio, working as a trio, working as a trio, because I'm also like my band's a trio. Working as a trio is so much easier. (laughs) (laughs) It is. It's so much easier. I I am the one who's brought up like adding a bassist. I think like two or three times, um, yeah. and I don't really want one. Yeah. Um, but like I want to like do some of the stuff that we could do if we had a bass. You know, um, uh-huh. like that that like guitar and bass stuff that we could do and like do different melodies and like have two different things going on at one time. Yeah. So like I I, I you know for for those reasons I want one, but like. I don't think we need one. Like we're just, I don't know. I think, I think we have a, I don't know. I think we got lucky and we have a really good formula going on and I don't want to mess with it. You know, that's the, that's the interesting too. Like uh, with the, with the, um, with the, like the black metal type, you know, riffs and all that kind of stuff. It's like, look how many black metal bands don't have bass players. Right. Like yeah, there's a there's lot a of lot. black metal bands that just don't have bass players. So it's like, this is not like, uncommon or whatever or you could always do like what was that band that you guys played with at last rites um the the two piece feral light feral light where yeah. he had that that pre-recorded bass, bass tracks yeah, yeah. Right. oh is that what it was i thought i felt like um i couldn't figure out like what they were doing i was like what the hell do they need a bass amp for <laughs> like because i borrowed my bass amp and i'm like what do they need a bass amp for there's no bass player and then i like I kind of had to like go up and I, I didn't know if he was like, it looked like the drummer was, did, was doing triggers or whatever, but I didn't know if it was. Yeah. It was just an actual. Like, oh, he did do triggers. They totally forgot about that. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. It was just triggering like a recording of the entire bass track. Yeah. I thought you were fucking with me, Trisha. Cause like, I was like, <laughs> why are they like, using your bass amp? Yeah. I was at this show. There's no bass players at this I'm show. Like, I'm like, Trisha, there is no bass player in this band. Why the fuck would they borrow your bass amp? I'm like, you're so full of shit. <laughs> Okay. I know. Like I kind of right. had to like point it out and explain. I was like, I was like, did their there. bass player get sick? Did he get COVID? Is he not here? What? He didn't show up. I'm like, what a <laughs> dick. Hilarious. He's playing from dick. home. Yeah. He's playing from home. <laughs> they they asked just today to borrow your bass amp and the motherfucker didn't show up. Well, fuck him. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Anyway. It, was, it was a little confusing, but yeah. I mean, I you don't. Know, think another benefit, real quick, to the not having a bass player is that um, <coughs> just how it ended up working out that now like with the newer stuff um it's you know kind of like taking on more of a that more <laughs> raw kind of black metal feel to it it kind of like yeah makes it more i don't know authentic. It, it makes it yeah it makes it sound more authentic i guess yeah 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 for sure it works for your sound. It definitely works for your sound. It doesn't feel like there's anything missing. I'm always a big proponent of more bass in everything because I'm a former bass player. But, I mean, I can't say that it's missing from your sound when I listen to you guys. So, you know, 
I guess this is one of the exceptions. <laughs> it's okay. I know it's it's always right. It's Trisha, always, like I yeah, guess. Travis had Travis typically has a hard time with that. I do. Like I, he has a hard time understanding when when somebody doesn't have a bass player. He's like very like he's. I always like, think con- it could he's be. Very concerned. Yeah. He's very concerned. He's very concerned. They don't even have a bass player. How good could they be? Right. Well, like, I brought that up, did I not? I like I think about that all the time. I was like, well, yeah. we could do more. But yeah. like I was like, you know what? Maybe, maybe not. You know, you never right. know. I, I don't know. I don't know. But uh, yeah, there's nothing. Especially if you start playing fast, it's yeah. like, um, there's. I mean, yeah, it, it works both ways. Yeah. Yeah, and especially like, um, so like our songs, uh, <laughs> it's it's funny. They just keep getting faster and faster and more and more <laughs> and more and more complex. Um, yeah. You gotta keep the sludge, man. You gotta keep the sludge. Oh, oh the sludge's there. Oh, don't oh, worry. Okay. Don't oh, worry. Okay. The sludge is still there too. You know, we we, we still keep all of that. Um, uh, it's just, I don't know how to describe it. They're just it. getting it's, faster, though. <laughs> yeah, it's just I don't know. They're getting faster and, and more and more complex and like uh, so like we, I, we would have to find um, a pretty I feel like a pretty competent bass player. Yeah. Um, competent well. and like minded. And like-minded, right, and, yeah. and so like, in the likelihood of even finding that yeah. bass player, like right. they're not in another project, like, sure. So like, you know what I mean? It's just like whatever. We're we're doing. I, I feel like we're doing really good. Yeah. I'm actually just uh, learning something weird about like this city too, and I'm, I'm I don't know if this is common in other cities, but like, it sounds like drummers in general are really hard to come by, right? But it yeah. turns out that bass players are actually really hard to come by. And uh, like legit bass players, yeah, yeah. I feel yeah. like I get mm-hmm. asked, I get asked a lot to play in stuff, and I'm like, dude, no, <laughs> <laughs> dude, no, <laughs> dude, no. But it seems like to happen a lot. Like everybody's yeah. like always like, as soon as they find out, it's, and it's like they assume that you're gonna want to do it. Like they just, they find out you're a bass player or they're at your show, and then they like. They start like I'm like, are you trying to like poach me, or do you want me to be in another band? I'm like, I'm in two. Like that's enough, dude. Like two is kind of enough. I'm like, I would only consider a third, like if it was whatever. But that's, dude, that's very low on the priority. I'm like, I'm happy where I'm at. Like I don't need. But they're just like, oh, you could play bass, and I'm like, no, the fuck I, think, I can't. I think some people. <laughs> I think some people, especially uh, guitarists, some guitarists and vocalists, just assume that drummers and bass players are just desperate to be like noticed yeah. in as many bands as they can, and just be lucky to be in bands sometimes. But that's but that's <laughs> weird though, because it's like they're so hard to come by. Clearly, they're it's clearly they're not like. You know, that it's not dry out there for a bass player or a drummer. Like, yeah, so. yeah. Anyway. I mean, drummers could make a lot of money in this city. Like, if they just wanted to be drummers <laughs> for hire, uh, I'm telling yeah, you, dude. The drummer underground drummers union. I mean, come on, I, I, like, dude, you gotta know, like, how many people ask you, like, shit, I've asked you to play drums for stuff. <laughs> I know, I know. I, I, I mean, I'm not saying that I haven't been asked, but. I, yeah. It's a kind of like well, especially now it's like yeah, the no, I'm in one band. That's that's it. Yeah. But that's um, yeah, for sure. uh, yeah, yeah. I I never really paid attention to that stuff because I'm a drummer. Mm-hmm. So, but I mean, yeah, I guess when I think about it, yeah, it's like they're. I mean, it took me a year to find a drummer for my punk band. A year. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. 
Oh yeah, drummers are hard, especially if you're trying to do something spe- specific. It's like real hard. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. I'm All just right. glad we have. I'm just glad I got two. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> One for each band. Um, so you guys got the uh, show coming up on the 20th of August, and that is the album release party. Yeah, and we're hitting Minneapolis the next weekend on the 27th. Oh, Ooh, where excellent. are you playing in Minneapolis? We're playing Eagles 34, the medium-sized room with um, this band called Idle Death and uh, this band called Carcinolith, which is like current and former members of No Funeral, and we're super stoked Ooh. about this show. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's going to be... <clears throat> Oh. That's going to be a sick show. Okay. Do you have any other shows leading up to the 20th? No, no. We're okay. not playing anything till the 20th. We're just working on um, finishing new some new stuff and, <laughs> yeah. uh, and and just, like, practicing our set, you know. Okay, cool. Uh, when the album does come out, when it does drop, what is going to be the physical copy situation? So, again, yeah. So we have... Uh, limited edition cd run um and that was like the picture that was released um with like the the burned wood boxes and it's going to be like a special edition of the cd in there and it's going to be all filled with dirt and nailed shut um and then there's going to be like an unlimited uh you know like digital and like regular version cd and then you know down the road we're going to see uh about cassettes for sure probably please. and maybe some vinyl in the future i want one <laughs> i just pre-ordered one please one cassette please <laughs> no actually yeah i'm sure one. we'll end up doing some cassettes down the road um it just makes sense uh yeah. but just for this initial release we're gonna do uh yeah. the cds for sure even if it's diy man i would really love a cassette of this album man <laughs> i'm just i'm just selfishly please you can make one on your own you've done it you did it with my record i did you made I did. you made your own cassette yeah. like right. i will not you fault just... you for that either yeah uh murder generation refused to put out any of their stuff on cassette so i made my own <laughs> fuck you <laughs> and it sounds pretty awesome so anyway uh yeah i can't wait to see you guys on the 20th you know trisha's got her show to do but i will definitely be there i'm pretty sure you you're gonna see me at your show <laughs> <laughs> at some point wait That's do you guys play first show too no no we're playing last yeah. okay good that's perfect uh, <laughs> yeah like, so i we, know we i actually be, we'll probably be playing sometime around like 10 i'd imagine i'm actually i'm playing with hex tripper on saturday and i've oh, seen nice. them before and they're they're Brad dudes like awesome love that band and then uh i've seen ruin dweller before i have a ruin dweller shirt like long one of the few long sleeve band t-shirts that i own is a ruin dweller shirt so, so yeah oddly enough so like my last the last like solo show was like almost the same lineup it was with ruin dweller and, oh that's uh, one that's where i saw him i was there yeah and hex tripper and cryptual played that show too yeah yeah um but yeah both of the i mean all the bands we have for the album release are awesome dead is dead is a <clears throat> really awesome band great musicians and they only play like once a year and Ooh. um yeah hex tripper and ruin dweller are both just like killer bands lo- lots of fun yeah awesome. i'm gonna i'm gonna work this out guys i promise yeah like, like it sounds like you know i stay i stay all night long for shows and whatnot i'm like is it the end of the world if i leave once no. <laughs> one as time. long as one of your bandmates stays if it's a show you're playing yeah yeah you know there's I mean, gotta like, be some level of decorum there. well yeah the, the other two can stay that's our rule go. that's our rule 
amongst yeah. us. As long like, as there's still representation, show, like... I can boogie out. <laughs> yeah, yeah, no, no, that's our rule for sure. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Right? yeah. Am I, wrong? I mean, yeah. I've never yeah. done it before, but I'm just like, you know, one time isn't like the end of the world, so whatever. Yeah, things happen, Anyways. and sometimes, you know, you really want to play a show, but you also have some stuff going on in your personal life, so yeah. you do what you can and make it work. Yeah. yeah, I'm usually the person that's always like there and sticking around but i was just like i kept i kept like looking at this going how am i going to work this out (laughs) (laughs) so i'm kind of like i'm kind of like doing my mental gymnastics on you guys right now (laughs) i'll I'll work this out but maybe uh we're gonna take like a minute and take a break and then uh come back and we're gonna we're gonna talk about some uh stuff that's like near and dear to all of us well it's not near what i mean it's, it's just state of the world causes (laughs) causes <laughs> that we're all involved in especially you guys I, I think it's a big part of your music and it's a big part of who you guys are so i think that we're gonna do another segment we're gonna talk about some social justice issues and some things that are going on in the news because it's pretty fucking prescient and you know we should use the platform to talk yeah, about things sure. like that definitely so, second break and we'll be right back with jesse and kevin from it is dead right after this This episode of Radio Free Galaxy is brought to you by Eddie Vedder's Cheddarwurst. Eddie Vedder's Cheddarwurst are the only brand of cheese-filled sausage that will keep you even flowing all day long. Find them in your local supermarket today. Eddie Vedder's Cheddarwurst. Mmm. Mmm. All right, we're back on Radio Free Galaxy episode 109, and Trisha are again joined... Uh, we are, Trisha and I are again joined by Kevin and Jesse from It Is Dead. A huge part of your music, you guys, is the social justice aspect to it. Um, politics, uh, anti-fascism. Uh, am I forgetting anything? I mean... Well, obviously, like, you know, they have the song Womb, so clearly, right, you right. know, they've yeah. been very, you know, pro-choice, you know, kind of... Generally, Fuck the, the system, yeah. you know, you know, pro Black Lives Matter. Um, I think that kind of yeah, covers those those kind of things. I'm just here for the anarchy. I tell everybody this all the fucking time. I'm I here for the all. bricks. I'm, just, I'm I'm just here for the anarchy. Like when people and people laugh, and I'm like, I've just been waiting, dude. I'm like waiting for everybody to just be so pissed off that you know. Um, the tables like get turned. I'm like so sick of living yeah. in this like white, old male, white male dominated, privileged society where very few people hold all the power. Yeah. And it's just like, I'm like, every day you just like look, I look at everything so much different than I have maybe in the last couple of years. And it's weird because I feel like COVID had a lot to do with the exposure of things. Um, but, right. you know, and, yeah. and most recently I decided to actually just like start showing up at protests because, you know, as somebody that, you know, has a uterus, I'm a very affected by what just happened in our government. And I think it's just insanely wrong that religion is being used as an affront to like justify um, actions against me. Like, I kind of feel like I'm a witch. Right. Yeah, certainly. <laughs> 
Uh, well, I mean, I can sum up like so. Our liner notes, I, I have it pulled up right here. Like we didn't do like, a, oh, we'd like to give a shout out to so and so. Like so, these I'm going to read you our liner notes from the album, and it kind of just sums up what <clears throat> the band is about. Um, fuck fascism, fuck capitalism, fuck the police. Black Lives Matter, women's rights, LGBTQ plus rights. Our music is our protest. So nice. yeah, I think that that sums us up. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. I'm 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 like I'm 100 percent with it. And I think artists n- need to use their platform for things like this. Maybe they don't need to be uh, as upfront and as exclusive as maybe you guys. But I think it is super important. I think that artists are role models and, you know, creators have a voice 100 uh, percent. And I'm I'm in this fight like when I was younger, I fought for native american rights and i've been fighting for like against fascism my whole life and i have only have two tattoos and they're hammer and sickle on my uh on my wrist not just because i'm a socialist but i am but more so i'm just for the rights of common people and i'm for the rights of workers you know and Mm -hmm. i think we can do a lot by banding together as communities you know, small communities, especially, and, you know, act locally, think globally and, and really come together as communities to help solve the issues that we have and that our federal government has been and, and capitalism has just been fucking the working class since the beginning. of. It's time. been the longest. It's oh, been the longest sure. uh, economic uh, experiment in history. And nobody knows, like, what the end of capitalism actually looks like. Yeah. You know, yeah, like when gonna, you've we're been, we're gonna find out. And yeah, to I me, know. to me, the saddest. I'm here. Part, <laughs> the saddest I'm part here. of all of it is that it gets in the way of human evolution. There's so many more things that we could be doing and creating and building and exploring on this planet and the universe and everywhere else. It, we just get so bogged down on our grinding work slave lives and. You know, the fact that we we have to keep fighting for our rights over and over again. It's a constant struggle, you know, and it's just like, man, when are we ever going to break this? When is it ever going to die? I just want to know from you guys. I see you guys at a lot of protests. I see you absolutely walking your talk. But do you feel the role of the protest today in 2022 is the same thing? Um, in like the 60s, the 70s, you know what I mean? When we had huge protests that came up and maybe actually affected change. Maybe they weren't 100% successful. We're still fighting for the same fucking things, for Christ's sake. Yeah. But I mean, what is the role of actually getting out in the streets? Is anybody really listening? I think that um, protesting, I think the idea of it um, obviously still has an impact. Um it's as we as we saw with Donald Trump and the Bible and the whole story about the trying to get military on these people that were just obviously he didn't like that it it irked them so it, it did do the job right. um, did it change anything no but I mean people are in your face and basically telling you that you're a piece of shit right. and I mean, whether you like it or not, it's gonna it's gonna affect you in some way. Um, 
However, I think in some cases it doesn't, such as in like with police, like absolutely, they're like, I mean, they're all militarized. So it's like they see a bunch of people with cardboard signs coming at them, and like they really don't care. Yeah, I mean, and like that's that's the frustrating part. Um, because I mean, we have to get well, to the point ingrained. for them to care, right? Well, you have to get exactly. To yeah, so that's <laughs> exactly. Like, so, like, yeah, that's my, this is my take on all this. And I have I have a take that I spend a lot of time thinking about about this because I spend a lot of time being involved with stuff like this, you know. So, um, uh, so, um, no, I don't think the the protests nowadays. I, I think they're is a different dynamic to them than there was to the 60s. I mean, I wasn't around back there. I think, like, back in the 60s, there was, like, a way, I think... You didn't have social th- media, though. So yeah, you, media coverage was, was different. No, yeah. I, think, I think, though, in general, there was, like, it was a... There was a much more radicalized sense of urgency at a grassroots level um, right. than there is now. And I think... I think Jesse said, made some really great points, um, in particular with the police. Um, and like, it's not so like our, our government is clearly becoming more and more fascist, you know, by the month, regardless of who's in office or, or whatever, you know, it just seems like it's just getting worse and worse. And a big part of that's capitalism, but like, so yeah, the role of protests. So like I, um, consider myself at the moment like an informal militant anti-fascist. So I don't think I, w- I don't want to like say anything crazy. So I don't think um, <laughs> that protests in- and <laughs> yeah. I mean, I, I think, think I so kind of said some crazy ass shit already. So if my, it is going to be worse than opinion, that, <laughs> my opinion is that like the actual solution that we need is like a complete reboot of our system. And like, I agree, pe- we need all power to the people, like the definition of what that sentence means. And so like the only way that's going to happen, I think is going to be with more militant action in the future. Um, so th- what I see as the role of protests or my role of protests, and like I consider myself an anti-fascist um, in like a real sense and not in like a going to a peaceful protest and like breaking windows and starting fires for no reason, you know, on somebody's property that isn't a fascist, you know, um, right. that's, the, that's, that's just like causing problems and like not even supporting whatever cause is out there protesting. Um, now, like if someone were to like throw a brick at a cop or something though, that would be a different story. If that cop <laughs> was like oppressing somebody, you know, my views would might change drastically, but like, I think so my, I, I'm viewing my role now. Cause like it's necessary cause shit is just going to get worse and worse. Like, quickly like you know i think we have like maybe a year or two to like take control or you know we might be completely out of control the next presidential election is going to be key you know if it's even like you know there's a i mean you know we'll see what happens with more versus harper in the fall because like if they overturn that then you know the elections don't really matter anymore it's all just like (laughs) 
mm-hmm. which party has the state legislature is going to decide who wins regardless of the votes. But anyways, yeah, so my role, so what I'm viewing my role is is trying to plant seeds and do what I can to get us to that point where I feel we need to be. Mm-hmm. You know, and I think a protest is a vital point of that because not only does it get people into the street and, you know, um, causing a disruption and making their voices heard, um, yeah. but also it's a place to meet and communicate and organize and yeah. talk to other people, you know what I mean, and network. Right. And, and, you know, that's my big hope in yeah. person, you know. Yeah. Um, not on social media, you know, and I think yeah. that's like my main goal is like, I really, yeah, I need to be careful, <laughs> you know, because like, yeah. I have some pretty extreme no. views no. Yeah. on like we, what we, actually we all needs do. to happen. And, yeah. it's, and it's crazy that we could sit here and I'm sure it's, it's in my mind at least, you know, because I'm putting this out there like if things go the wrong way, we could always be uh, prosecuted for uh, what we say on this program tonight. Well, in, yeah, exactly. I mean, and the, the, the funny thing is, it's not even that far of a stretch. So, like, no. you have to look at some, like, and, like, yeah, so I've been, like, like, so, yeah, we just overturned Roe here, you know, yeah. and there was a big thing that happened in Poland not long ago where they took away abortion rights. And now they just introduced a birth registry in Poland and um, Kentucky has already um, entered a similar thing into their legislation. Other States are going to follow. I mean, there's stuff going on around the world and like, you know, I I don't like giving Donald Trump credit for anything because the man's an idiot. You know, Mm -hmm. he was obviously a figurehead, Mm -hmm. you know, like somebody put, you know, I mean, the guy is a mastermind of nothing. He's an absolute idiot, but his presence and like what he represented in the movement that he started has like sparked like a global like fascist right wing movement you know it's not just and he and, took the and, band-aid you know, off yeah. yeah it took the exactly yeah yeah great way to say it but like that's my take on it and like i really look at like you know i read a lot about like the tactics of like the the black panther party and a lot of their beliefs they were like so revolutionary beyond probably what most people realize is if they haven't read about them because like you know what you learn in school just like barely skims the surface of what they were actually about i mean they were the first organization that i know of in the united states that actually called openly called themselves anti-fascists you know so it's like uh uh yeah i spend a whole lot of time thinking (laughs) thinking no i i think i think the the role of the of the in-person protest is actually important. It's just very different than the sixties or anything because people were in the streets more. It's quite, it's quite simply logistics. People were in the streets outside more and you were more disruptive, you know, if you're out there. Well, you don't well, see, we're also though, more is, disconnected is, from each other nowadays right. too. You don't see, but media. you don't see like how long it took for that to develop, to get right. there. Right. You know, like, right. so this could be like, I mean, when we go to these protests, the one thing they say is like, this is not, you know, this is not like a short term fight. It's a long term fight. And it's like, and you've got to have more and more in to build the, it. you got to build it. The 60s it. and 70s was like hundreds of years of, of, Oppression. of built up yeah, aggression. Yeah, built up. Yeah. You know yeah. what I mean? I For mean, sure. that was right. some deep stuff, but like. I don't know as far as I mean because like yeah and that's a whole other thing too though like 
Roe just got taken away, but like it is like in communities of color, it's already, you know, they've already had like less choice mm-hmm. of reproductive rights already. And like, yep. you know, it's been going on. I mean, and just, I know, mean, Jesus in healthcare, as a person of color general. probably is a better person to speak on most of this stuff than me, actually, because as a person <laughs> of color, he's actually, you know, him and his family are probably the ones who experience most of this stuff themselves that we're talking about. Right. Yeah. Um, I mean, I definitely experienced stuff most of my life. Uh, I just usually just brushed it off. But I think in the age of Donald Trump and even post-Trump, I feel like it's gotten worse. It's not that I can't brush it off. It's more of like, yeah, this is old. You know, it's not... (laughs) It's not 1989 anymore, and you know, and Andrew Dice Clay isn't funny anymore, and (laughs) you know, it's like you know, we just need to move on to be, to to. We need to get that out. We need to evolve as humans. (laughs) We We need to to evolve evolve. as humans, and (laughs) and and people like that just need to go away. I, I that's probably the. The best way I can say it without getting in trouble. Yeah, we we don't it's necessarily need to condemn the past, but we need to get better. <laughs> I just yeah. always, I just always wonder, like, like what is always, like, what is the true like hold up on everything? And I think it always comes back down to, um, like, where white men in particular, um, and probably more so men of like wealth or whatever mm-hmm. no they clearly know how people of color women um people in just different groups of society how shitty they have been treated and they recognize it and they just think that just because because they treated them that way that if we make things more equal and even steven that all of a sudden they're going to be treated that way so it's like it's like I'm like that's the only thing that I can come up with like as the deep seated rooted argument of why things are so slow to change. I I just I'm I, I'm always just very think, confused by it. Like I'm like why, why think, does everything think is okay? <laughs> well, I'll let you go ahead first, uh, yeah. Jesse. All right. I think that um social media and even down to Netflix um, uh, are to blame for the lack of, you know, people wanting Awareness. to like get motivated to do stuff about it. You know, in the sixties and seventies, there was there wasn't social media. There wasn't any distractions. It was right in your face every day when you woke up, and it was enough. Like you guys said, it was like hundreds of years of suppression just at a boiling point, and it was done. And now it's like yeah let's go out there and it just sizzles down after several months and it's like everybody changes their profile on facebook from like you know we're gonna go march to the new netflix series it's pretty awesome it's so and fickle, right i've never done it's that so fickle, like i think yeah. that is so fucking weird that like, that people do that but they're and, also and, I mean, and that's just one example i'm people, just saying like i stand just, with like, ukraine okay like I mean, like, what is even happening over in the Ukraine now? What does that mean? Does that make you feel better to say you stand with Ukraine? 
I'm sure yeah. that the families in Ukraine living in a bombed out uh, train station are very appreciative that you have that ribbon tied around your... Well, that's what <laughs> social media has done. It's like everybody's... So uh, passive. So passive. We're, we're so yeah. disconnected from everything. Yeah. I mean, don't get me out. wrong. Fuck Putin. But yeah. I mean, like... Yeah, definitely. Fuck, fuck yeah. Putin. Like, I... And, but and, like, I, and I was not a big fan of seeing pictures of little kids, like, being, like, blown to bits. But... Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, like... Yeah. I, 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 I don't... To get to... To get to, to I want to I want to speak on Trisha's point real quick though yeah. like so I think that the problem I don't think it's like they're scared that they're going to be treated the same because like it, my experience with the community is that they are oppressing and coming as like a cisgendered coming from a cisgendered white male you know who is mm-hmm. almost never affected by anything that happens um uh um I think it's i think like those communities are like a million times more compassionate and like you know like i don't think that they would be able to do the kind of things to human beings that like white men have historically done to people over history you know so i don't Mm -hmm. think it's like necessarily that i i honestly just think it's like just like I'm just saying like I, like I the, just think like it's like the historically deeper, like, over like the, the course un- of time that like we have just evolved into this system like of capitalism and of white rich men being in, in control and it's just like it's over time it's just breeded generation and generation of horrible people and white supremacy and it, the, this capitalism that like breeds white supremacy itself and like all this other stuff so like i think that's what it is it's it's power and control and like straight up hatred yes so like people i i I think like like kind of like what jesse was saying like there's just some people that like really just need to like uh you know like not be around weren't here things would be better need to be on an island far far away with each other like far away like Like, maybe like i like i think i don't think it's like a as easy a solution as like a um a philosophical one or like you know no. you know a logical one i think it's like there's a very real physical historical deep genetically ingrained problem that like needs to be addressed it's it's the new slave owners so it's the end stages of capitalism and it's reverting back to the early stages of capitalism it's a slave worker culture you know i mean it's it we're, and the people that are the managers and the owners and the upper class are just, you know, they're afraid to lose their way of life. They're, and, and they're afraid to upset the system. And they think that there always should be a big difference in the classes. There always need to be people working in fast food restaurants for $7 an hour and one of the big things you always hear the right complain about, you know, well, nobody wants to work, right? (laughs) Nobody wants to work is like everyone's uncles and aunts, and at least in Wisconsin, probably like big mantra that you hear in the last couple of years. And it's like, not about that. And they're so disconnected. And that's where I think the big difference in the right and the left is right now is because the right has had this, genius campaign of online organizing and idolatry and symbolism and And also they're 
their taglines are their their are mantras insanely, exactly are insanely simple. And I always say this to everybody, like, yeah. and everybody kind of like hates me when I say this. That I actually think Donald Trump was actually brilliant. And the reason he was brilliant is because, like, if you look at the average IQ of America, it's it's like it's it's like ninety, and like, you know, that's like, like deficiency is at 70 and the average IQ is like 90. So like if if that's your base, you are going to repeat the simplest thing over and over and over no matter what. And it is very Hitler like. Hitler did the Toilets. same thing. Hitler said Hitler <laughs> Hitler Windmills. said the same thing over and over and over. And it was just like it's just the repetition of the same rhetoric and and making them feel like they are somebody and that they're actually in a class that they're not like all these like poor well, ass people thing thinking like, that they're I, actually not the poor yeah. people. Yeah, I agree. Uh, I agree. Yeah. And like, like what Travis was saying, like, I think like the end game of capitalism, like, I don't know, I won't compare it to like slavery. Cause like, we're not being like tortured and no, yeah. no, I was, I was like going to also, but that. like uh, uh, not physically not physically well, but i really yeah, believe mentally and emotionally the, the working oh, class yeah, is no, for sure for sure absolutely no no no. yeah 100 percent um but like i do think that it is to create like an elite class and like a working you know class that is like clearly less than like you know um with different rights and everything you know because like mm. like yeah I mean, our constitution is such fucking bullshit. Like, you, like, we all realize, like, the only people who actually have a right to vote from the constitution are are white men, are white landowners, right? Yeah, mm-hmm. landowners. You know, um, everything else has just been amen- an amendment that yeah. that has never been codified. Right. You know, never. It's it's every everything single one of those could be taken away. You know, right. <laughs> it's just like it's. It's it's ridiculous, and it's been like in the works for a long time, and it's just I, I think the world is at the, a stage where like it was like yep here we go you know we can we can make this happen, and I still think like like Jesse said earlier social media is one of the biggest that was like a huge tool, and like also the Reagan era decision where um, news broadcast didn't have to share two sides of a story anymore. Yeah. They used to be federally required to share, like, two sides of a story. Right. You know, and after that happened, that's where we got Rush Limbaugh and, like, all of those type of people who, like, yeah. you know, led to this. Like, I was Joel just, like, Riley. watching some shit today, and Tucker Carlson is still – he had a whole episode about replacement theory still. <laughs> Even after that <laughs> motherfucker shot all those people, after, like, claiming to believe in his shit. Like, you know what I mean? It's just, like wow. – so I mean, it's like that's ridiculous in a country that is plagued by you know he's just right back at it you know it's just like so that's what I mean I think it literally is just about power and control and yeah I think ninety percent of these people do not realize that like they're in the same class in yeah. in these leaders minds you know in the elite right. minds you know the one percent right. they're in the same class as like these other people that they're so afraid of and they hate for some reason, you know, that they probably, in in all honesty, don't even know why. They've just been taught through their families and through, you know, America. Isn't that why it's so insidious, though, Kevin? That's why it's It is. So- That's exactly why it's so insidious. <laughs> it's, like, so 
like like yeah like contemplate that for a second it's easy to say out loud but like yeah. you digest that and you're like fuck dude that's evil as shit that is fucking and i'm, evil. I'm always like mm-hmm. those are the people that like that like grassroots organizations like really need to like work on and you yeah. need, you need to work on them at that same level like that they like you like you can't get through to them like a lot of people with just pure intellect because they're not willing they're not ape they're just like absolutely <laughs> not able to grasp like larger concepts you have to dumb it down like, or they just don't want so to. much huh or they just don't want to but but I mean I'm just saying I'm like that is actually the perfect group of people that yeah. you should you, you, people need to go after because yeah. like if you just say the same shit to them over and over and over you can get through to them but it has to be so like simplified that you're gonna be like I don't know I think they're all too far gone what do you think Jesus I, I don't know man how do we I reach them I've, how do we reach I've, them Jesse I'm just <laughs> how do you reach them you you do it exactly the way Donald Trump did it yeah. exactly I mean, that that's was, what I'm saying that was you, perfect. You gotta, you gotta like you gotta oversimplify it you gotta be repetitive and you gotta you in in at the same time showing them that that they're not the same as these people that are talking to them those people are condescending them those people are talking down to them so like you have you have no idea you could present some of these people with that that would make them be like oh yeah you know what after, I don't know. I, I mean, I believe like years, that's how you get a class thing. Like, you, it's got to be a class thing. It's got to be a class thing. It's got to it be a personality be... thing. There's got to be a personality to rise up to meet Donald Trump. After eight years of of, uh, of the first Certain black enough. president that this country ever had, yeah, um, I'm sure there was a lot of people that were not happy about that. Oh yeah. Mm-hmm. So, putting someone in there like Donald Trump and then him saying what he said that's all you needed right i mean that's all you needed the america well, let me was ask right you this. there <laughs> let me ask you this jesse i think this is an interesting question that i'm not sure if i've posed to anybody yet what did you think like as an american and as a person of color like when after eight years of our first african-american president in obama uh what did you think when we elected Trump after that. I wasn't surprised. No? No. I, I was mad. And I think I was really mad because something I thought would always have, you know, not him, but like something that I always imagined, which was that this country is basically just super racist <laughs> and, and controlled by super racist rich white men it it was like it to me i yeah i was not surprised um i you know what there was an episode like an episode of snl that dave Chappelle hosted and i think it was like a week after he got elected and that he got that he won Mm -hmm. and there was a scene where they're watching like that happen and like it's just him and like three or four other white people And they're all freaking out, and like he's just like sitting there chilling, and pretty much kind of like, yeah, this is not a giant surprise, <laughs> like, right. So, do you think? See, I always wonder this. Do you think that Donald Trump is actually that racist, or do you think that he knows his base so well that he uses that, or maybe a little bit of both? 
uh, I, always, I always think I think about that because I'm like, how did he go from being? I think he's a classist. I think I think he's a capitalist. I mean, I, I think he's a classic racist. I don't know. What do you think, Jesse? I I think that he is um, a con man. That's um, what I'm saying. That's like, is it all? So like- I think that like I've I've hated him since like way before this like yeah, yeah me too years I and years I, yeah. and years ago yeah. so like i've never i was shocked by the whole thing i'm like that guy ripped him and like, I, uh, I mean guy. this is even before like apprentice like yeah. i'm oh. going back like 90s like yeah. i never liked him and just his bullshit personality just he was so fake and just stupid and he always just sounded really dumb yeah. and obviously the hair but like um <laughs> <laughs> just like, you know, little things that I didn't like about him. And I was just like, whatever. So it made perfect sense for him to end up being this super racist guy. And it's like, oh, yeah. Uh, no, he's a con man. So is he racist? Yeah, probably. I mean, he's he was born into, you know, like, like gold, basically. Like, you know, handed to him. And, like, everything handed to him, for that matter. And, uh... Yeah, well, I think so if yeah, I'm pretty money, sure he's racist. But two, I think he's. It doesn't matter. But I think two, two is uh, um, he's a con man. So when he was running, they probably just directed him in that. They, here, go speak to these people and right. touch on this. Touch on use this lingo. Yeah, touch on how 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 bad the country is in shape after. Eight years of a black man running it. Just right. touch on that, yeah. and and you'll you'll find your base. And they 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 did. I mean, well, and don't think like the Trump. It was a long game with Trump, like because mm-hmm. Trump was the one who started the birther thing with mm-hmm. Obama. Yeah. Remember, and so like mm-hmm. don't think that that wasn't all part of like the run up to him running when it was done. You know, it's it's like you know you should understand that like these people have this like planned. You know. Yeah. Yes, like, he also got made fun of by Obama at a yeah. correspondence dinner, and right. some <laughs> people true. say that that's what sparked it too. So yeah, I, I, he left. got so mad it butt hurt. He was like, "That's mm-hmm. not mm-hmm. mm-hmm. And I just want to say real quick, we still have yeah. yet to elect a female president. Yes, like how has yeah. that not yeah. happened yet? Right. Yeah. Like, well, how we is had there like there there were there were, and I'm not talking about Kamala Harris either, but there were like. There were definitely better women in the running for president than the current one we have, you know. Yeah. yeah. Uh, <laughs> uh, on the yeah. Democrat side, for sure, that were also way more progressive and would have possibly come into office after our worst and most dangerous president and an insurrection yeah. with somewhat of a plan. <laughs> okay. I think, of a I think, plan, I think you know? the fact so, that Joe Biden got on the ticket just actually shows you how... How as soon as he got on the ticket, I was like, "Oh, he's our next president." Fuck, yeah. we got Joe yeah. Biden. Like, it wasn't even a question. It was like, "Oh, fuck. it's just like, oh, okay, yeah. well, we're just gonna take this old decrepit white man over this old decrepit white man." It's just right. <laughs> so I mean, we gotta wrap it up, guys. We only got like two minutes left. I'm, I'm okay. sorry, we haven't even like scratched the surface. Um, Do you want to um, just mention um, the organization that? Yes, call to action. Just... Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. So. Um, um, a part of getting this new grassroots organization off the ground it's, uh, called Reproductive Justice Action Milwaukee. It's a grassroots organization aimed at reproductive justice for all humans. Um, 
so yeah, we've got some actions coming up, uh, putting together some petitions and trying to put some pressure on some politicians to because uh, Wisconsin has some of the worst fucking laws for abortion mm-hmm. in this in the country now. Like yep. like oh yeah, we're all we're all always like oh the South is so bad. Well, Wisconsin is like it's our laws on everything are fucking horrible. Wisconsin is the South of the North, like the deep mm-hmm. South yes. of the North. You mm-hmm. know what I mean? Without question. So it's like, yeah, we have some of the worst laws. You know, we don't even have exceptions for rape or incest here. Yep. No, ten-year-old gets raped in Wisconsin. She has to carry. It to, they have to carry it to term. You know. Yep. So yeah, even though it's, that it's, could it's pretend a ten-year-old is not um, compatible with pregnancy, so yeah. that's right. that's yeah. like people don't even like. Do you even like think of that? Like. Because yeah, well, it goes into more than just like that. It's like basic health care, like miscarriages are like one third of every pregnancy. And some of them are so far along that you have to get a DNC, which is the same procedures as an abortion. So in Wisconsin, you can't do that now. And without that, you women usually die, you know, um, because it's because of infection and you're leaving in the head like material flesh yeah yeah so it's like so there's like a whole the the whole like pro-life thing is just absolute horseshit there's there's nothing pro-life about any of this it's like anti it's anti-life you know it's just like just like just like the police state is anti-life just like the capitalist state is anti-life it's the weird thing about humans man like how why do we develop all these things (laughs) that are anti-life no. So uh, can you give us some links before we get out of here? We got like thirty seconds left. Um, to like to links to to just get into action. Any kind of if somebody oh, wants yeah. to get involved. Okay, yeah. So in Milwaukee, you could hit up an organization called MARPER, the Milwaukee Alliance Against um, Racist and Political Repression. There's Freedom Road Socialist Organization. There's this one, the Reproductive Justice Action Movement party for socialism and liberation um and then like also you can start your own organizations you know um or just get organized you know with your own friends find like-minded individuals like that's what i'm trying to do now because i think we're going to need it is find like-minded individuals and start organizing and planning and for sure you know absolutely getting and and like doing our part to like do what we can to like get I just to say we all need to like start establishing all of our small communities amongst ourselves. Yeah. If that's the mm-hmm. least you can do then that's the thing you should do. Right. Do something. Yeah. Yeah. Do something. And I think if I think do a, something. in a greater sense real quick I just think like all mm-hmm. of our communities as a, whole, as a whole need to just like rise up and start like taking back control like we don't you if our politicians don't listen to us then we don't need to listen to them, you know. If our police who we pay don't listen to us then we need, we just need to take back control. Like, I'm not going to say exactly what I think that means, you know, um, could mean right. something different to everybody, but that's what I think needs to happen. Yep. I totally agree. So right thank on, you man. guys for being on and check out. It is dead on. You guys are awesome. Camp. Thanks so much for having yeah. us again. Yeah. Thanks Aww. for having us guys. No problem, dude. I want to like stay here for another hour or two and just keep going, but it just leaves more open to talk about next time. So for sure. <laughs> we love I'm having you like guys on tracks too, man. Yeah. Um, thanks, dude. Uh, check out their music on Bandcamp, and they've got a social media presence on Facebook and, and Instagram. And go stream uh, the song "Anti-Fascist Black Metal Network" on yep. YouTube. You can go find our another song that's only going to be available on there until the album comes out. Yep. Awesome. Yep. 
Yeah, right. Jesse, Kevin. And then go see him August 20th at X-Ray Arcade if you're looking. August 20th, all ages, X-Ray Arcade, come Ooh. rage against yep. the system. Trisha will be there, she already promised. Yeah. All right. <laughs> we'll see you next time on Radio Free Galaxy. Thank you guys for listening. We're out of here. Thank you. Bye. Bye.